0: There's not a single other festival i've ever worked electric forest you know uh forecastle uh bonnaroo cma i you know i've never worked a festival where the customer has an amazing opportunity to meet the bands playing on the stage buy them a beer hang out become friends keep up to date with each other over the internet come back and see each other every year and grow those relationships yeah you, you don't get that anywhere else you just don't <music> Welcome to Something
1: Will Happen, a podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th, to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of the festival, and I'll be talking about all things Abbey Road on the River held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. All right, Thanks for joining me on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, let's talk about if people don't know who you are, what's your title and what do you do for Abbey Road on the River?
0: I'm not really sure what my title is (laughs) these days. I have been the crew chief. I've been the production manager. I've been the, called the chief of the staff. I always kind of think of myself as the guy behind the guy. I'm not yeah. sure if Carrie likes that or not, but <laughs> uh, I, I cross know, the like T's and I got like, the eyes.
1: You're like production slash site manager. I don't know. You kind of stepped into all different kind of roles over the. Sure, I,
0: I think probably the band's thinking me the guy that to call to get the beers. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, I started off at the festival. Uh, my first time working was for another vendor. Uh, he does our backline, uh, Denver with LP productions. And I did some backline back in the day, um, back when it was in the Belvedere and just moving some stuff around, uh, load load out, that kind of thing. I used to own a production company called Oak Street production group, and we did all kinds of event setups, um, Forecastle, Abbey Road. We did a lot of stuff with Palace, uh, We did some stuff at the Yum Center. Waterfront Park was a big client of ours. We did a lot of stuff down there for Wednesdays. Um, so the second go around was when our beverage manager, Mendy, mm-hmm. who I've worked with on lots of different events, it kind of you know, put a bug in Gary's ear and said, hey, there's this guy you should probably look at uh, for production manager. So that's kind of how I came in first was as a production manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of uh, international bands, a lot of a lot of things to kind of get right and, and you know, just need a little finesse, you know, organizing all of that. So international yeah. bands, domestic bands, the different vendors, the different stages. Uh, of course, I came in right as kind of, we really made a, a our, we, right as kind of, we started working with the Ali Center. Right. Um, so that so was- So what year would that be? I'm not sure. This is this 13? is technically my 10th festival, but with COVID, it? it's been like 12 years. Yeah, it was, I think it was the year before Classic Stone actually.
1: Oh, okay.
0: because uh, I remember the second year, like, wow, who were these guys? BC you know?
1: before Classic Stone.
0: Yeah, but there you go. BC <laughs> before Classic Stone. Um How we gauge everything. So yeah, I had a little tent under the stage, you know, at mm-hmm. the main stage on the Belvedere. Uh my personal equipment was at the Ali on the plaza there. Uh, it was a little bit different festival then, we had a lot of little stages um, kind of catered more to that little smaller impact vibe and, of course, we had the big shows uh, in the evenings. Um, but yeah it's kind of evolved over the year, My the festival itself and my role, uh, now I kind of handle a lot of different things, uh, I have a lot of expertise in building some of the set pieces. Um, you know, trying to bring some of the art stuff. Um, you know, now I handle all the signage, getting that out with you, right. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, band relations, I uh, help with the site management as well. We, uh, when I first came to the festival, we had Andrew rates, who was mm-hmm. probably one of the best site managers I've ever worked with. And yeah. so, for you know, pretty much up until the second year of Jeffersonville, we had Andrew to do all the site stuff. And my role really grew um, after he moved to Colorado. Mm-hmm. He was no longer with the festival. And I kind of did double duty, doing all the <laughs> yeah, production took stuff.
1: A lot of his role.
0: And the site stuff is kind of like you know the bar stuff and the tents and the water, the, the know, fencing. The fencing. The, uh, the power is a big security. one that people don't realize. Yeah. Organizing the power is a pretty intense. Uh, I never job. realized
1: that before. Yeah. You, you know, know, working with you on it.
0: the map and stuff, and making sure we have the maps all right. Uh, helping the box office get set up. Yeah. Helping the merch get set up. Loading in the food vendors um yeah. the pods um the bathrooms the water stations the hand washing station i mean that all kind of all starts all the
1: infrastructure for, people don't really sure. think about when they walk in they're like wow look at this beautiful site and it's like it's all thanks
0: to <laughs> well, i mean nice. you know it really what it is is gary kind of lays, lays out a vision
2: mm-hmm.
0: um we get it close to what we want it to be a few months out and then a lot of times gary will make some changes here and there by the time we get to the actual festival you know everything's pretty much pre-planned and it kind of goes on autopilot yeah so during the actual festival my role is more of just maintaining the site working with the boy scouts as they do cleanups um right. the different vendors and whatever their needs might be they might need ice they might need you know, different things like that uh the i some kind of the liaison for if they need a drum key if they need guitar strings i have a desk behind the backstage with Guitar strings and tools for to fix their guitars, and we've got a band check in and check out for instruments that are rented. Um, You know, there's just a lot lot to coordinate, yeah. But I think the big part of it is, you know, for me, I've been here for ten years Mm -hmm. of festival and a little bit extra time with the COVID and whatnot. So most of the bands at this point, I have somewhat a relationship with, right? Um, Not all of them. And it's taken 10 years to kind of get to know the intricacies of what Classic Stone wants to have and what LSB needs and what the newbies are going to bring to the table and working that out. Yeah. You know, Fernando and the boys uh, with Star Clubbers. Now, what are they called? Some other guys. Some other guys. (laughs) You know, I have a pretty good relationship with them. Uh, The international bands, you know, you want to make sure they feel welcome in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. Uh, welcome to the festival and uh,
1: So it's probably gotten smoother over the years as you yeah. get to know them and what their needs are and
0: absolutely as far as the, the friendships with the bands you know it started off small you get you can't meet everybody all at once
1: there's a lot of people
0: so you know it kind of started off with with LSB and Classic Stone and the movies kind of getting to know them mm-hmm. uh, of course Hal Bruce has been there forever I've actually yeah. not really talked to him a whole lot in the beginning cuz he's such a simple you know it's easy for me to communicate what he needs he he tells yeah. me what he needs and then I don't, you know, once it's set up, I don't have right. to talk to them.
1: Right. Yeah, you're communicating more with those more complex bands and shows because sure. they're so much more complex. Well, and as the years have
0: gone by, you know, now I kind of know what classes I needs. and don't have to have that conversation yeah. necessarily every time. Hard days night, I know they're going to bring their sound board and their sound guy. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the the that stuff is already put to bed. I've got you know it written up. I've got sheets to send them to the sound guy so they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, now I've had a little bit more of a, a chance to meet some of the bands I haven't really talked much with or haven't grown my personal relationship with, um, you know, kind of all in the interest of just being that referee between Gary, and the bands and the, the vibe of the festival and, and trying to make sure that, you know, they feel welcome and, and thankful for being here and just as much as we are for them being here, That's you know, point. so
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any good. Stories of some bands you've seen over the years, sure, and the shows that you've put on um, that are like incredible.
0: One of my favorite parts of the festival is always, you know, when there's always a key band playing while my guitar gently weeps, and there might be Mark Rashad or Lawrence Juber or Jeff from the Newbies or Marion Hodges or Harvard or you know, whoever's up there, you know, it's going to yeah. be, or yeah, Maurice playing yeah. sax, you know, it's going to be a moment of. The greatest people at Abbey Road going back and forth. Not to say that there aren't amazing guys that haven't been up there, but there's always that one show over the weekend. Yeah. And I usually try and get on the radio and kind of call out to Gary, like, you know, hey, uh who's going to win this year? Like, and <laughs> me and him kind of have this personal, like, all right, well, you know, I don't know that Jeff hit that one note, you know, or so and so really played it exactly like the record. Right. You know and tone's important you know i've, I've been around Definitely. music for a long time so you, you get a especially being in a festival like this for 10 years you kind of know the personalities i can it's a little bit different every year sometimes it's horrible and sometimes it's it's jeff and sometimes it's for Shaq, so yeah that's probably the high point of the year
2: mm-hmm.
0: of of uh my uh what do
1: you think it'll be this year
0: hard to say hard, to say hard to say. you know From we've Classic got Stones. great talent you know so it kind of goes every year to different people. Yeah. Other memorable moments have been, uh, you know, my first two years, I think the second year I was there was a the year we had the Beach Boys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I've been at Forecastle for five or six years. I had been at um, Water for Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, for many years, a little bit stricter on the policies of the staff. And uh, it just, it, it, you know, those are a little more rigid, festivals big big owners you know it's not as that hometown feel it doesn't have that abbey road family vibe yeah you know so coming to abbey road and being a little more loosey-goosey you know not in a bad way just more like you know it's more of a family even our staff you know most of us have been Mm -hmm. here for a long time right so getting used to that it was it was kind of interesting the second year when we had the beach boys because i've taken my parents you know to Forecastle, and I was a production manager there. And they kind of looked around and was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, my parents were kind of music people. And I, of course, heard the Beatles with the anthology and stuff. And I've been a roadie for a long time, sound man, the guy. And my parents kind of always looked at it like it was some type of phase I was going through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And how, you know, no, I feel that. Oh, I'm going you know, to get a real job one day, go back to construction right. maybe, or yeah. You know, they kind of really understand that, you know. As far as Louisville goes, you know, I was probably one of the top 10 guys in town that does these big events. So they come to Abbey Road and they they see the Beach Boys on the lineup and you know, I've got backstage passes and my parents get to come back and meet, you know, my glove and
1: they got to meet them too.
0: Oh, they, I remember they pulled up some people from the crowd to dance on stage and my mom was one of them and it was, oh my gosh, (laughs) it was pretty much the moment when my parents they clicked for them where it was like okay, this isn't just a phase for him. I was 30 by this point, I, I was married, we didn't have kids yet, but, you know, I, I was finally coming into being a real man, you know, not just this guy who's a 20-something going show to show like a vagabond,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I have put some roots down and I'm part of this festival and we've yeah. got my Love and, you know, it, it was interesting, Is like, I think every guy really is searching for, like, the acceptance and, you know, his parents being proud of him, that was kind of that moment for me where, like, all of a sudden they were like, okay, he's grown up. This is what he does. He's good at it. Yeah. No more, oh, go get another job. Right. You know, it was, it was something that, you know, really changed my relationship with my parents. I think that's kind of what Abbey Road, when people ask me, you know, and I've got lots of friends all over the industry, you know, what's what's different about Abbey Road? Why have you been there for 10 years when you could move on to other things? It's because of the family, not just in the staff and the bands, <laughs> and the, the fans, the, the customer, right, at the end of the day. Right. It's all of that put together, you know, the fact that some of these families have been here 10, 15 years, they have their yeah. kids, they meet their wives. There's there's a spirit at Abbey Road that's kept me here, that's made me feel a part of family. You know, whether I have a bad day with the band or maybe Gary and I get in a disagreement or, you know, there's been some ups and downs, you know, that's just part of the life of a festival, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it still has that spirit, and I think that's what people yeah. need to realize: is, is the music of the Beatles, the message of love that is behind it, can bring families together. You know, I had a great upbringing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I wanted for nothing. It's not like that, but it really, yeah. you know, kind of brought my parents and I together.
2: Right.
0: You know, now my dad works this the festival. He's the guy that's running right. around, <laughs> doing all the power and helping the vendors. Yeah. So he's on my staff, and I, I, it's, it's something cool close. about Abbey that I I, I I tell people all the time. You know, come, bring your families. You know, let's you know, bring your kids, there's a great playground and you can hear some music. And if you don't wanna stay all night, that's cool too, but you can have a beer or your kids play. And it's just a great vibe. And I wish totally. wish more people my age, you know, I'm in my early forties, I wish more people my age would give Abbey Road a chance. I know we have busy lives, it's, it's a holiday weekend, but you know, give Abbey Road a chance. It's 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 homey and it's it's fun and it brings people together. And Jeff's right. a great place to do it. And so. it's
1: comfortable, and it's unlike nice. the major festivals.
0: And you know, it's different. Not only we did a Jeff. Don't have to
1: be afraid. You can come with your mom. And-
0: oh, absolutely! You come with your mom, you come with the the your body. kids, come with your grandkids, yeah. come with your neighbors. We have a lot of neighbors to come now. Exactly. Um, you know, it's 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 beautiful here in Jeff. There's differences between yeah. Jeff and Mobile. What, yeah.
1: what are the differences that he's noticed? Oh, for me,
0: there's a lot um well
1: I, I obviously
0: it's a different in, state
1: different city but yeah yeah, yeah. load-in's
0: a lot different load-in was much more expensive mm-hmm. much more grueling load-in and load-out at the Belvedere you have know, this huge yeah. ramp we've got to push all the infrastructure up we've got to get forklifts yeah um you know Jeffersonville it's you pull up you take the stuff off the truck you put it where mm-hmm. it goes you fence around it
2: yeah
0: you know so we spend more fencing here but I have half the crew on, on this you know side of the city yeah you know, there's other cons like, you know, we don't have the Gall House Hotel right here for people to, you know, stay in. And some of that vibe might be gone, but we've got great partner hotels in the Radisson and exactly. Sheridan. And, uh, you know, so we've kind of made up for that with the shuttles and whatnot. And obviously, mm-hmm. but the sing alongs and stuff at night are still an awesome time. It's really kind of cool. You know, that's another thing that's unique about this festival is is, There's not a single other festival I've ever worked. Electric Forest, you know, uh, Forecastle, Bonnaroo, CMA. I've never worked a festival where the customer has an amazing opportunity to meet the bands playing on the stage, buy them a beer, hang out, become friends, keep up to date with each other over the internet, come back and see each other every year and grow those relationships. You, You don't get that anywhere else. You just don't. Exactly. And that probably lends itself to why the family nature of it, all the fans and the bands and everyone is, is so prevalent, because you get that access, you get to go to the sing-alongs, you know, obviously COVID world, we can't do the big parties at night really anymore. Right. And I think, you know, as the future unfolds, we'll look at that again, but, because mm-hmm. those are a great vibe, but the sing-alongs are definitely, you know, kind of holding the torch burning. Yeah, uh, while we keep that going, because, you know, people are making their weekend by this, you know, that's something that's always kind of been said as people mark their weekend by Abbey Road.
1: Mm-hmm. They come to
0: see their friends yeah. year after year. Absolutely. You know, well, I, you know, I think the one thing we need to do better at is, is growing it, you know, really investing in our customers. So they invest in us. Yeah, Just spread the word, share the flyer, share the video that we send out, share the content. Yeah. Well, know, that can something... always be done better i think you know, it's yeah. not from the detriment of us it's just there's always someone out there to get so
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um,
1: and what you said about like people your age or my age i'm in my mid-30s so it's just like how can we get more young people to feel like this is a cool event because obviously i mean i've been coming for years so
0: sure um
1: it's so comfortable it's like so much i've been to bonner i've been to all the festivals yeah. it's like why would I go and stand in line and like wait in line for everyone. This one's just so yeah, the lives are good. And you can hang out with everyone and yeah, there's just something about it.
0: As far as like what we could do. I, I you know, I'm not sure. I, I I'm kind of at that age where I don't I'm starting to not understand the internet as much. I can't imagine for <laughs> previous generations before me that it changes so fast. Yeah. From. You know, just having a regular email to the MySpace, to Facebook, to Instagram, to TikTok, to whatever it is. All
1: the accounts. There's
0: going to be ten more come and go before the next generation comes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's really trying to get that word of mouth. If you come and you like it, do me a favor, do you a favor, do the bands a favor, go tell somebody, and uh, we'll take any word of mouth we can get. Because at the end of the day, if you're you got a family of three kids, you're in your thirties or forties. You got busy life. You got basketball practice. You got the lake. You yeah. got whatever it might be. It's a Memorial Day weekend. You know, if you hear that it's an awesome time from a, your neighbor who's you have a beer with on Saturdays and you barbecue with, and you, you know, your kids are in the same soccer team, tell them yeah. they're much more likely to come visit our festival if you are. You know, exactly. share your plans. Share yeah. your calendar.
2: Make it a picnic. And
0: I—that's I, the biggest thing I think. I, you know, sharing on social media, of course, helps. But mm-hmm. you know, we've already got investments in billboards and billboards and radio and TV ads. On, so Those only go so far in today's world, right? Yeah. You can't live without them, but you can't. At the same time, we're looking for people to get involved. You know, that's the podcast. Exactly. You know, I have to give you props. i I. When gary and you first discussed this idea i was kind of like, yeah another podcast you know like
2: <laughs> and so i didn't realize
0: there were so many about the beatles first of all yeah um, and secondly when i heard the first one i was like immediately like wow this is kind of cool But you know people go to work they're in their cars they're going to listen to podcasts. i'm a pretty avid podcaster if anybody wants to hit me up with a true crime podcast give me a recommendation <laughs> you know so this is something that i can look forward to every week it, it gets you more familiar with the the backsides of the bands and you know mm-hmm. I think I'm the first staffer. Well that's Other why it's so Emily. good to
1: yeah Emily, but it's good to talk to you and like get people an idea on what happens behind the scenes and well, how sure. do we build it all and
0: it's it. it's a lot. Like it's I said, we've got a, a great staff. You know, we've had some people come and go in the last since I've been here. Yeah. Which some you're sad to see leave. Um some you're you're sad to see go. Others, you know, especially the switch to Jeffersonville, there were just some shifts and duties. Right. You know, just the different logistics of the site. But Like I said, the friendships are amazing. You know, I've I've met LSB. I've gone to Amsterdam. I saw them there, you know, so those are some of my good relationships. Yeah. Uh, Up until recently, we were planning on going to Columbia to see Classic Stone. And we had the very fortunate pleasure of kind of hosting them Mm -hmm. before the festival this past September, because they came in town uh, two weeks early.
2: Mm
0: And Hawk, our stage manager for the main stage, he's been with the festival longer than I have. He actually, and I think you've talked about on the podcast before, he married Juliana from Classic Stone, and now they live here in the United States. Yeah, I love that story. Uh, they're our neighbors, they live right down the street. So we we are very close with them. And you know, my daughter this past September after Classic Stone left, you know, we were she's enamored by Sebastian and Rafa, mm-hmm. and you know, she was listening queen at the top of her lungs and you know, other memorable moments would be, uh, you know, a few years ago, after we had Isla, I have a five-year-old, mm-hmm. and uh, she's kind of a backstage person at the festival that everybody kind of gets to meet. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. going back to kind of us being a little bit more family-friendly and just kind of uh, loosey-goosey, you know, I put a, a kiddie pool right next to the main stage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, for the kids. And, you know, Gary had his grandsons there, and mm-hmm. they're all kind of the same age, and they all play together, and I think that year also during the the Pink Floyd show, we had a pack and play up on the stage, and the kids are like sitting there watching the, the video screen, and they've got their you know their earmuffs right. on so they don't get yeah. too blasted out. But right. you know it's it's that's an experience. It's true. Yeah, I mean Isla, you know nowadays it's funny when we're not working Abbey Road, and we just mm-hmm. go to Waterford Wednesday just as a, a, a patron.
2: Yeah,
0: she's like, well, let's go backstage real quick. You Know she's kind of gotten spoiled yeah. on daddy works with bands and you know daddy can get us backstage and
2: right.
0: she knows a few of the red shirt security guards too pretty well. Oh, sure. So depending on what <laughs> venue we're at, she might be able to sweet talk George or you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's been interesting.
1: <laughs> That's very cool. I Daddy's think another great.
0: good another good point about our festival being a little different is we have a, a really good relationship with our security team. Yes. Uh, obviously, Jeffersonville is, is much more. Um, you'll see more police presence, more fire and EMS yeah. than we ever had in Louisville. It's very safe. Uh, obviously, safe. the world we live in these days is a little bit clamped. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we really appreciate the effort that goes in by the Jefferson Police Department, the, the city, all of those people. Yeah. Uh, our Red Shirt Security Team is a, is a private contractor that works with them and us. Uh, but they've been with the festival for many years. They know a lot of our fans. They know a lot of the band members. Actually, Paula, my, you know, she had some medical issues, and my wife's mm-hmm. healthcare company helped her navigate her healthcare. So it's it's once again, I go back to just the relationships that can be built at a music festival. This is something that strikes me as a lot different than your big big festivals. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I honestly, you know, if we're talking about the industry, I think the future. Maybe not all of it. You know, there's going to be these big mega festivals that make a hundred million dollars. For sure, if people. Want you know, those. but just like in the food cult industry, you know, you people are going, you know, farm a table. People are going to smaller restaurants that might be a little more expensive, but you know, provide a better quality consumer experience. Yeah. You know, Abbey Being Road
1: local consuming, yeah, and like spending their money locally.
2: Like Abbey
0: that. Road is one of those festivals where you know it's. Yeah, it's not 100,000 people, it's not 50,000 people, you're not fighting someone for, you know, the 30 feet of shade under a tree, maybe a (laughs) little bit here and there, because it's a big part, but you're not in a line that's 35 people deep, you know, it takes an hour to get a beer at Waterfront Wednesdays these days, you know, we have enough bar staff to get it out to people. Um,
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's part of the Why this festival's lasted this long, and just like the legacy, do you see like where this this festival is going to go in the future?
0: You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I know.
1: Or the Beatles in general.
0: Well, the well, let's, let's separate those two, right? Say, okay. All right. So the Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles are they're timeless.
2: Yeah. You know, whether
0: or not you're a huge Beatles fanatic, or or you're just a regular Beatles fan, you know, they've heard the whole catalog, or you just know the, the, the hits. There's something about the Beatles that transcends it all. You know, it, it wasn't my generation, obviously, but, you know, I kind of fell in love with the Beatles during the anthology. You know, then a few years later, they had the Love album, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Ones and then Love.
1: One and then Love. And yeah. then
0: they did, you know, there's always something about the Beatles. That comes back up. There was that movie that came out. that was, you know, a lot of music from the Beatles. The universe. There's yeah. the Get Back movie. Now they have this, this, which is rare for a lot of groups over last few decades because content wasn't a thing right you know it, it, bands didn't spend 100 grand to have a video crew follow them like they do now right you, you don't have all the insight it was, it was you saw them play live you scoured a sleeve an album sleeve or a cd jacket or whatever it was and, and you read the magazines Yeah. Now, I mean, if you're an artist coming out today, you have to have an Instagram, a TikTok, you've got to have a website, you've got to be on tour nonstop, you've got to have your streaming like on point. Yeah. I mean, you're making more money on merch and tour than you are on your on your album. Yeah. You know, so the entire industry has changed. I, I think that the Beatles have figured out a way to really well navigate those changes, keep themselves, you know, what do they have on their old material that's new? What do they have that we haven't heard before? Is it is it a coffee table book of Ringo's pictures? Is it you know? There's all this different stuff, and they haven't yeah. done the kiss what Kiss did. You know where they 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 overdo it. They they put their logo on everything. They'll be in every commercial. You know, it's another thing. Commercials. And they, the Beatles, they'll put their stuff in a commercial, but they think about their brand. They think about their image. They think about. Corporations and, and causes they want to align themselves with. Yeah. You know, they're very eco friendly, you know, conscious of human rights. I mean, all those things that kind of went like with their music, they've done and lived it in real life. You just don't see a whole lot of artists yeah. that can do that over the long term. I mean, with them, maybe Stevie Nicks, maybe the Stones, but I don't know. The Stones are kind of like in between Kiss and the Beatles, where they're kind of, yeah. you know, how they've done their last tour like seven times
2: right
0: you know molly crew just announced another tour after they were supposed to be done right. ACts, you know a lot of these bands they just always resort to go back to the tour because yeah. they don't have the content or they don't have the management to really protect that brand mm-hmm. as far as the festival and what the future of the festival is it, it's i don't know you know there's there's a few things there obviously gary has a partner gary's in charge you know i i would love to see this continuing going i would i would hate for this vibe that we all have bought into to cease. you yeah. know COVID was scary we didn't really get that right that vibe you know and for a lot of people i'm sure it's kind of a, you know when people go to music festivals it's a reset right you, you've got your life going there's kids there's work there's the house whatever you got going on this is an opportunity to reset yeah you know right. so to be able to provide that you know, that's what gets me that's why i'm here you know when i yeah see the crowd from the balcony to the Walcott on the headlining show of the best day of the festival. And I know our team, Gary's vision, all the things that went into it, that's when I get a little teary-eyed. Okay, gosh, that's... Yeah. Wow, we did this all again. Work. We did this again. Yeah, pushes. And, um, I don't care about the pat on the back. I know. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been hugged enough. I don't need the outlay. It Not to mention, it's a truly, truly, truly a team effort. Yeah. Uh, there are people like you that don't get enough thank yous there's people like our merch manager livia mendy i mean our bartenders our food beverage people the guy who serves the bands all their food i mean there's a lot of thank yous that never get said
2: right but you
0: know but everyone gets
1: part of the machine yeah part
0: of that machine you know i i think the world needs us to continue you know i'd love to see whatever the next thing is keep that relationship with the, the bands and the consumer. You know tight like it is and and find a way to grow it to those 30 40s, something so that we can in 20 years they can have their kids and their Great. grandparents and just keep that torch you know burning
2: keep it going yeah
1: i think that's that's very well said i couldn't have said it better
0: <laughs> you know, i'd always love to maybe hear more about what the customers or at least the diehards that have been here for many years you know, what are their thoughts i mean that might be a double-edged sword <laughs> You know.
1: Well, but it's good to hear the good and the bad.
0: Sure. No. What you know? What have we gotten wrong in in years, and other particular things that we've gotten right that were unexpected.
1: I think a lot of people just say it's great the way it is. Sure. So many people are just so happy with how it is and how it's been going. And
0: I often wonder, you know, when we make changes, whether they're little bitty changes or significant changes. I I really do wonder sometimes, because we'll have five, six meetings. About you know something yeah. and a change or whatever it's gonna be. And, and to us, it's you know it's a big deal. But to a person who just walked, you know, buys a ticket, walks in, experiences the show, do they even notice? You know, right. sometimes I have a feeling there's probably things we completely overthink.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, there might be other things where we just haven't paid attention enough to. So it you know, would be
1: good to get the that feedback from
0: in a constructive way, please. <laughs> you know, don't at me on Twitter and you know. <laughs> or Instagram and go nuts on me you know yeah. you got
1: this wrong. <laughs> We're bringing out the pitchforks you know like right. no that would not
0: be, be good. constructive with your criticism yeah but yeah
1: but then we can make it better and bring it into the next the next 20 years because we've been going for Well, I think
0: at the end of the day too though as long as the band's played to their utmost potential mm-hmm. you know as long as there's a band smiling because they had a good beer and they had a good you know burger or whatever food yeah and they go home with a smile on their face. I think a lot of people probably don't recognize things, you know, and I think yeah. that's probably the majority of the experience that people have,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, otherwise we wouldn't be here this long. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. kudos to Gary to, to always find a way to, to, you know, whether it is a negative comment here or a positive one there, you know, really riding the way with that and, and just moving forward. Yeah. Cause that isn't always easy too. I'm sure that there are things he obsesses about that, you know, people come up with how to fix or maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't matter, but, Right, keeping that all in check. I mean, we're somewhat compartmentalized. Obviously, my role, like we talked about earlier, has grown. You know, you are mm-hmm. quite a bit involved in most of the conversations about pretty much anything. Yeah, along with the beach boy store, my parents. Yeah, was one that kind of really was different for me. It was my first year at Abbey Road, and I'm kind of running around with chicken, on my head cut off. I don't really have everything, you know, my head wrapped around every in and out like I do now. And I remember every morning there was I would. Print off my own schedule. I don't really like the schedule that he prints out, Very,
2: mm-hmm.
0: at least not for my use, because I want to write on it, and I have notes, and I have to go back with different people. And I don't carry the clipboard with me now that i have a phone, but yeah. I had a clipboard, and I would have two or three schedules of my schedule, the way I print it out, on my clipboard, and mm-hmm. randomly this one guy, the little, the little bridge over back and forth between the Ali Center, he would wait for me And he must've been an 80 year old man. I mean, he was one of the older patrons and uh, he would wait for me every morning and just wait for me at that bridge. And eventually I have to go across it, right? I have to go somewhere. (laughs) And every morning he's like, Hey man, can I borrow one of your schedules? Mm. And he would get my schedule with all my notes on it and everything like that. And uh, every morning for like four years, this dude, I don't, I mean, don't think I ever really even got his name. We never really talked. Yeah. I just, he asked me one day for a schedule. I gave it to him and it just became a thing every morning. Wow. And I don't think I've ever seen him and Jeff, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know his name. I know he was an old timer. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of one of the things where, you know, I realized that the, the staff is appreciated. You might not get those things, he's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. But that right there was kind of a cool little relationship that, that really kind of solidified for me the people that come to this event and what they're about and what they're looking for and how they want to you know he always gave me a thank you and, and patting mm-hmm. in the back and I just thought that was something interesting um, yeah that you know that first year man I'll tell you what I have another really good one I keep going and going and going <laughs> I remember there was a golf house event in the Archibald room, mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of pre-partying in the or it was over and everyone was kind of partying in the conservatory. Uh, the little bar right. with yeah. the fish in the with bar, and there's birds in cages, and mm-hmm. there's an escalator on the west tower that kind of comes right up to it. And I've not really talked to the stream section yet. I didn't really know that we were going to be doing anything solo, and I come up to the top of the, it had been the longest day ever. It was like the third night of the festival, first year. I'm just going up to check it, and I'm going to bed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I get to the top of the escalator, and the string section is sitting there playing Beatles music, just strings. And there's all these people walking around, and some, you know, maybe a handful of people are paying attention, but most people are just kind of going about their business, talking with their friends, hanging up the bands. And it just struck me that in all this chaos, after the hardest day, first year of the festival for me, you know, all the hours worked, this band is playing a song. And I was like, up at this point, I was kind of like, all right, another version of comeback, you know, the 50th time I've heard Love Me Do. Right. You know, and they're playing Eleanor Rigby, mm-hmm. string parts, the top of stairs, four in the morning. It, it was, was like late. like super like unexpected. it just caught me. Like I ended up kind of like sitting on the standing on the railing, like just kind of watching for 10, 12 minutes. I ended up putting my phone out and recording. I still have the recording. And it was just kind of one of those things where, like, okay, this is what this is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I i almost think I even got misty eyed, like, just like, wow, because I didn't really know a whole lot of the bands yet. I didn't know anybody in the stream section. I didn't know Rachel. Rachel was part of it. Right. Yeah. Blanton. I think Anna might have been there too. uh Carl was definitely there because that's how he's got his big hair there. going crazy, you yeah. know. So, yeah, that was just another. Um, yeah, memory. just another, like, the,
1: yeah, hearing the Beatles music in a different way yeah. it was something to. Close well, this my first day. year. Now yeah, I walk around
0: the year. site and it's like I don't even really hear it until I hear it. You know, but mm-hmm. then it was like you're hearing it. And it's yeah, I'm not from the Beatles world, it's like I'm mm-hmm. just a regular production guy, <laughs> like I'm just over it. Now there's some yeah. appreciation. Yeah. And I think it's starting with maybe that moment where you mm-hmm. the unexpected happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably common though, like. Through the weekend you can hear a lot of beatles music but then every once in a while it will just you'll be like oh my god i've never heard this song in this way before the dude that until played you
0: hear the it brazilian guitar nice. with oh, all this dude no he was phenomenal great. talent yeah uh yeah. you know a few times i've played with uh, wings band or some mm-hmm. of the guys you know now there's been many good memories and i just you know yeah. at the end of the day i just want to keep them going yeah
1: tuning in to Something Will Happen. Remember that Abbey Road on the River is happening May 26th to 30th, 2022 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To start making your plans, head over to AROTR.com. There you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming, check out shows we're planning, Book your hotels and grab your tickets while you're there. Head over to a-r-o-t-r slash podcast and enter your email to get $5 of Beetle Bucks to use at the festival for food, drinks, and our exclusive festival merchandise. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
2: We'll see you in May. Something will happen.